Hey, DoCast listeners. This week, I had the pleasure of virtually hanging out with Sarah Fry, who is the Development and Marketing Manager at the Indianapolis Cultural Trail. From the conversation, it is clear that Sarah was uniquely designed for this role. While she loves the outdoors and the environment, she also is a great communicator and relationship builder. The Cultural Trail is truly lucky to have her. Sarah has more than a decade of experience in development, communications, and community building at nonprofits around Indianapolis. In her role at the Cultural Trail, she is responsible for communication strategy, donor engagement, community partnerships, events, an amazing young professionals board, as well as ongoing programming like the Cultural Trail food tours, group rides, and volunteers. In her free time, you can find Sarah biking or running on the Cultural Trail, finding the best places in the Midwest to camp with her husband, or enjoying a hot cup of tea in a book. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We have Sarah Fry here from the Indie Cultural Trail. Um here on the podcast we're so thankful that she has decided to to be with us virtually of -hmm. course we don't have a ton of virtual podcasts but um we're we're happy to accommodate especially in this crazy time that 2020 has been but um so yeah so we're, we're very excited to have you thank you so much for for agreeing to do this so first um just so everyone listening knows a little bit about you tell us about you know anything about who you are where you're from and then we'll, we'll jump into the Indie Cultural Trail. Sure. Um, I am Sarah Fry. I work at the Indianapolis Cultural Trail as our development and marketing manager. So I've been there for almost five years now, which is startling, you know, as a quote unquote millennial, if you will. It's not um, very often that you stay at a job for five yeah. years and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here for five years. It's been a really great learning experience for mm-hmm. me. Um I, I just kind of always knew that I wanted to work in nonprofit. So um, born and raised in Indianapolis, took a few years away and moved to California for a few years and wow. have worked in nonprofits in my whole career um, and came back to Indianapolis for reasons that weren't the Indie Cultural Trail. But then when I saw the, the job opportunity here, I just thought, man, that really aligns with my nonprofit dream. And my life goals as far as creating a more sustainable city and a place where people could bike and walk and run and really recreate in a city. So uh, it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. And I'm happy, happy to still be here working towards just that what I signed up to do. So yeah, that's great. So I, we talked to you about half and half of people who happened upon the nonprofit space and then those who were just really passionate from a young age. So you said that you always knew you wanted to be in the nonprofit space. What was there like one moment that brought you to that realization or did you have like a volunteer opportunity that just really stuck out to you or why, why did you know that you wanted to go into the space? Um, growing up, I think my mom was just always helping other people and always, um, volunteering at church and volunteering with different groups. And so from a young age, I think I just saw that as like an opportunity to, to help others and to serve others and to think creatively about, you know, whether it's getting a message out or, 
um, which would now be translated as marketing or, you know, doing a bake sale, which would now be translated as fundraising. Mm -hmm. Um, Just thinking through those things at a young age. And I just knew that if I was going to work, I wanted to make sure that I was having a positive impact on on things. And I'm sure you can do that at for-profit organizations in different ways. Um, But I just knew that nonprofit was going to be the most serving for mm-hmm. me and what my my goals are as a human and uh, professionally as well. So I had yeah. a heart for nonprofit, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's great. I love hearing stories when parents are involved too. I think, not that that's rare, but it's it's such a cool thing to see that influence happen on people. And then because of that influence and impact that you're able to make, I mean, simply because of your mom. I mean, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, so did you always know you wanted to go into development and marketing or like, did you go to school for that or did, did you just kind of work at that into your career? Yeah. Funny aside, I remember I wanted to be a teacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher, which is, I don't know, funny. I grew up, you know, having class, you know, having pretend school with my siblings. Um, and then one day in a car ride, my dad's like, you should go into public relations. You're a great communicator. Uh, you're a good storyteller. Uh, I think you would be really good at that. And I had never heard of public relations before. I had no idea what it was, but I looked into the program at my university and I was like, I should give this a try. Maybe I would be good at public relations. So I I went into public relations. I, I studied public relations in college. I have my bachelor's degree in public relations with a minor in communications because I... I guess I am a good communicator. Um, I learned to be a good communicator. And so I did marketing and communications for um, probably seven or eight years. Um, And then I saw the tie between marketing. I worked at the YMCA at the time and the difference between marketing a membership or marketing a class or marketing a program that we were providing and how closely that ties into the mission of the organization and how everything that organizations do are so mission driven, you know, they were providing that class because the community had a need for, you know, active older adults or for summer camp for kids or for affordable, you know, they had a program for cancer survivors. So that was a more affordable program. And so marketing that to the people who needed it, but then finding a way to tie in the fact that we also needed funding to provide these programs at a reduced rate or whatever that might be. So I sat right next to the fundraiser and, and we worked really closely together on marketing mm-hmm. our fundraising efforts and with the board and different aspects. And so I thought, you know what, I could do this. You know, I, I have the storytelling, I have the marketing background. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have to switch what I'm promoting, you know, instead of promoting that program, I'm promoting how as a community we can rally behind that program and mm-hmm. help it get funding. So yeah. um, that's kind of how I made the switch. Yeah, that's and that's wonderful. I was actually in a hybrid marketing fundraising role at the organization I was working for too and never knew that I wanted to go into fundraising and it was just one of those things that it kind of happened, but you're right, if you're a good storyteller, I mean that's that's really what's needed that and a good relationship builder. I mean that it, it's not I mean there are statistics and science and whatever you want to put behind it, of course, but in this very simplistic version, I think it's honestly, I, I believe that donors like kind of that raw vulnerability of you coming to them and just saying, Hey, look, this is what we can do to make our community a better place. It's not any, you know, crazy 
education or anything that you have to have like years and years and years of all this stuff. It's just, it's really, you're doing sales for good. That's honestly yeah. what it is. And yeah. I think that that's really great. And honestly, I think too, there's a lot of organizations, not that it's their fault, but that I talk to that just don't put a ton of effort into marketing and social and public really communication sort mm -hmm. of thing. And it's honestly because they probably can't, especially the smaller organizations, they don't have the income to be able to hire someone to do that or to put a ton of effort behind it. So I think it's really cool that an organization has someone with skills like yours to put towards that. Because I, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly that that's a really important role to have in an organization because you're right. It's how your message gets out. I mean, it's, it's huge. And my, my husband's in branding and design. And I, I think that's a big miss some organizations have too. It's like, it's so important to, for you to have such a well-crafted message um, and look, feel, whatever you want to do to, to get people to kind of pull on their heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Um, to add one more thing, I, I really love meeting people. I love building relationships. I love meeting people. I love maintaining relationships. I want to find out, you know, what your dog's name is, your favorite place to vacation <laughs> and all of these things. And it, it's really paid off as far as um, thinking about fundraising and development and building those relationships. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is about understanding motivations and and how people think and, and what they're passionate about. And I really, I love that aspect of what I get to do every day. And then to touch on what you said about marketing and branding and all of those things, like um, it, is, it is all of the hats that I wear at the cultural trail. And I think that that's why I love working there so much is I'm, I'm wearing a multitude of different hats, right? Mm -hmm. I'm telling the story on social media. I'm, I'm acquiring, you know, people to interview for blogs. I'm having those donor meetings. I'm sending out our e-newsletter. So it's thinking about branding. It's thinking about our messaging. It's thinking about fundraisers and how we market the fundraiser, how we host the fundraiser and how we get the funds and the sponsors for the fundraiser. So it's yeah. kind of all of the things in my life that have led to this point um, make me just like a multi-hat wearing crazy person. <laughs> Which you have to be <laughs> to work in any nonprofit. I feel like you have to be able to wear multiple hats, but I agree. I mean, I don't work for a nonprofit anymore, but Donate kind of feels like a nonprofit sometimes since we serve so many nonprofits and it's a you know small shop. Um, but I loved wearing so many hats because one, every day is not the same, but two, you, you kind of get to touch a lot of different pieces of, of the organization um, really. And as it can be frustrating because you feel like you're doing so many different jobs, it's also equally exciting and rewarding and, and all that good stuff too. But to circle back to the relationship part sure. too, I love that that's what you want to know because that makes such a huge difference. I, whether they know that they're doing it or not, I, there's so many fundraisers I've come across that, and whether it's their their fault or whatever, or it's the board putting all this pressure on them. Like they're, they're just so focused on the numbers and funder and like the stats and all of that stuff coming in, which isn't a bad thing. You have to have that into account too, but how you're going to get donors is, the, is knowing their dog's name, being able to reference their kid's name and what sports they're playing and just treating it like real relationships. And that's how you're going to win people over every single time, no matter what you're doing, but especially in fundraising. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about the Indie Cultural Trail. Sure. So 
like you said in the very beginning, I love that there is something in a city to get people outside, um, outside of just, you know, walking around downtown or going to restaurants and stuff. I, I love that. And I will say, coming from living in the city, there were so many options to be able to walk the trail or bike it or the, and just get out and see a different part of the city that... I didn't know existed. I mean, there's so many times I read the Bible, I'm like, this is here. Like, <laughs> this feels so secluded and beautiful. And I had no idea it existed right downtown yeah. or, you know, outside of downtown. So talk a little bit about what you guys do, your mission programs, all that yeah. stuff. Sort of. Yeah. So um, Indianapolis Cultural Trail Inc. is the nonprofit organization that manages the Indianapolis Cultural Trail, a legacy of Gene and Marilyn Glick and the Pacers Bike Share Program. And just recently, we took over the management and activation slash programming of three additional spaces in um, downtown Indianapolis. So Canal Walk, um, or the downtown canal, and Georgia Street and Luger Plaza. So we're also thinking about programming and activation in those areas as well now. But um, originally, the cultural trail was built to connect all of the cultural districts in downtown Indianapolis. And it still does. It also connects all the cultural institutions. And the reason we were able to kind of seamlessly start working on those other spaces as well is because they're all connected via the cultural trail. So the canal the cultural trail goes right over the canal on Walnut Street, on Georgia Street. We connect right at Capitol in front of the convention center. And then Luger Plaza, we cross right on Washington Street in Alabama. So we border um, that space on two sides. So it just makes sense that um, as the connector that we can kind of think bigger about how to use all of those spaces for people in downtown, um, <clears throat> it, people in our community, in our city, you know, people visit those spaces all over the place. It's not just our downtown, but um and then we're a small team, so it's myself doing marketing and development. Um, we have our executive director, Karen Haley, and then we have a horticulturalist. It's, he's in his second year now, which is really exciting for us, even for me as I think about fundraising, because a lot of people have their front yards on the cultural trail, and what better way to say, like, hey, look at this beautiful front yard that you have. Um, are you, you know, do you want to support our horticulture program? Yeah. Um, we just hosted our first plant sale, which was really exciting to um, have people be able to take, you know, rep, uh, plants from the cultural trail. We actually purchased them from a wholesaler, but um, to be able to recreate those plants in their, um, in their home gardens, because a lot of people have an affinity for those plants. They see our hydrangeas every year and they see our lilacs every year and they just think what a, a awesome piece of you know downtown to take home um also for the trail we have our operations manager so his job to me the horticulturalist and our operations manager are just so key to what people see on a daily basis from the cultural trail so they make sure that the lights come on we have over like 650 lights along the cultural trail and people may not notice them until they're out but the whole trail is lit which gives a really nice sense of security when you're downtown on the um on the cultural trail um, they make sure that we take care of graffiti. They make sure that when there's construction on the trail, that we have a way to get to safely detour our users so that they're not pushed out into traffic or they're not, you know, completely rerouted or they, they just simply can't go that way anymore. So they work really closely with the developers and the city to make sure we have those in place. Um, you know, they also make sure our plants are blooming every year and that there's not a lot of litter on the trail and that everybody has this just beautiful experience that everyone has come to know from the cultural trail every time that you're on the cultural trail. We also have 12 pieces of art 
Um, so they maintain those, whether that's repainting them or cleaning them or working with the artists to make sure that they're really well maintained and that they're mm -hmm. still, you know, behaving and looking the way they were when the artists originally installed it. So, mm -hmm. you know, last year we did a huge fundraiser to keep Anne dancing, which is a huge, you know, icon in downtown mm -hmm. Indianapolis. Lots of people, you know, told their stories about Anne last year and they continue to tell their stories about Anne, whether it's, you know, Anne is where I'm at my future wife, which is like, you know, a big Anne story, but some people just say that they use it as a meeting point to get dinner with yeah. friends or family, or they stop there every time and their kids always dance in front of Anne. So we raised about $225,000 to keep Anne dancing because wow. she was um, a little outdated. Her technology was a little outdated. So it was time mm -hmm. to give her a refresh. She still looks and does the exact same thing. And the artists worked hand in hand with us on that project to make sure that we did maintain the integrity of mm -hmm. Anne. Um, so that was a really fun project that we got to do with the cultural trail. And then I'll just quickly mention that we also managed the Pacers Bike Share Program. So 500 bikes, 50 stations all around Indianapolis. You know, we just expanded in 2019. So now the stations go down to Garfield Park and all the way north to Broader Bowl, right by like the snow cone, uh, <laughs> the, the snow cone ice um, shop right there at Westfield and Westfield, which is an interesting intersection. So um, we do a lot. And, and I didn't even mention the bike share team, but there is a team of about five or six of them that helps wow. do all of that stuff. So yeah. Um, on a good day, there's about 10 of us in the office and it's really lively and a really fun place to work. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. And it sounds like you have your hands in a lot of different areas around town, which is I'm sure fun and yeah. just a cool environment. Well, awesome. So do you guys have, well, I know you do, but tell us what you have coming up. I know you have a big event soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so every spring we we do a big spring clean as our as our fundraiser, and um, we usually work with organizations to adopt a corridor of the cultural trail and then bring out their employees to to help clean it up and get it ready for spring. And this year we are going to open up our fall cleanup to the community. So we're looking for you know sixty total volunteers, but we have those sixty divided into four corridors, so it's only fifteen people in each group. And so there's plenty of room for social distancing. Everyone can wear a mask if they so choose. And um, all the tools will be sanitized. So we're looking for 60 volunteers to come out um, in mid-October, October 17th. Um, sign up's on our website, indieculturaltrail.org slash volunteer. And bring your family, bring your friends, bring your church group, bring your um, apartment friends. I don't, you know, just come out downtown and spend a morning uh, giving back. It's fun. It's free. And I think uh, if you're looking for a way to get outside that feels safe and appropriate, I think this is a good option for you. Yeah. And to see the trail. I mean, I think yeah. once I started discovering where the trail was, I wanted to know more about it. I was like, oh, what else am I not taking advantage of? And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's great. So you don't have to be a part of a company or organization to come. You can just help clean. You don't have to adopt a corridor, correct? Not at all. Yep. Everyone's invited. It's totally free. There's no, um, there's no sponsorship. There's no donation required. We just want to get the trail looking really good before all the winter snow comes in. Awesome. And is it a family friendly volunteer opportunity? A hundred percent. Um, it's up to you if you want to bring your kids, as long as you're willing to, to, to allow them to help pick up trash and yeah. to do their part, we're, we're more than happy to, to have them come out. We have lots of gloves for everybody and litter grabbers and buckets. So, yeah. 
Awesome. So for those listening, are there any other ways that people can get involved with the trail, either on a long-term basis or anything else coming up outside of the cleanup? Yeah. So we have a lot of volunteer opportunities, um, especially now that we have our, we've brought horticulture in house. Um, we have horticulture happy hours every year from April to the end of October on Wednesday evenings. So um, come out and Ethan usually leads people through some litter or um, some weeding and some trimming and some transplanting. And then, um, and then they have like be- adult beverages afterwards. So, um, and then we also have drop-in volunteer opportunities for, for like the Monday through Friday crowd. If you need mm-hmm. a lunch break activity, if you, um, have a day off and you want to give back, or if you're just a volunteer group and you want something to do, come on out, uh, Monday, th- or Monday through Friday, 9am to 3pm. You can come and pick up your tools outside of our office, completely contact free. They've been sanitized and we'll just leave a little note with where you can go and pick up trash that day for us, um, awesome. on the cultural trail. So yeah, easy turnkey for people who just want to be able to drop in. Um, and then the other thing I'll send out is our young professionals board. We have about 15 individuals on our young professionals board, and then we're looking to grow our committees. Well, what we consider our initiative groups, which Mm -hmm. are the passion projects of the uh, young professionals board. So we have initiative groups for sustainability connection, transportation and recreation, and arts and culture. And those are just the focuses of our initiative groups for the Young Professionals Board. So, and as those relate to the cultural trail. So if you're interested in more, it's on our website. I think it's indieculturaltrail.org slash young professionals. So yeah, that's just a nice way to get involved that isn't, you know, picking up litter or Mm. pulling weeds if you're interested in in learning more about that. Yeah. So you have opportunities across the board, which... Yeah, is great. Um, I it, there are a lot of organizations that just can't do a lot of that stuff, and I think you guys are unique since you are one outside, so you have social distancing rules and all that stuff, but then um, still have those ongoing opportunities for people who want to be more involved. Yeah. Um, do you have pretty easy opportunities if, like, a company wants to get a ton of their employees involved or anything like that? Yeah, we do. We do a lot with other companies in downtown and whether it's volunteering for the day. Um, I always think it's fun. We have a great partnership with Sun King, who, who it sounds like you had a great interview with earlier. Yeah, we, um, we have a great partnership with them, too. They're great. Yeah. So they provide um, all the beverages for our happy hour events. And what I really like to encourage companies to do, especially right now, like people want to see each other and they want to get together. And I think one of the ways that you can do that is on the trail outside social distancing. Mm -hmm. So we encourage them to come for like a two hour cleanup and then we're happy to host you back at our office for sun King and chill, if you will. Right. You know, come and hang out our office. It's all outside. We'll set out some chairs. We'll put some drinks on ice and, and get some snacks and you all can just like then enjoy that social piece that you've been missing through Zoom yeah. or through these virtual calls. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And just like you said, you hit the nail on the head. People want to be together. They probably want to be outside, especially yeah. since winter is coming. We didn't have, you know, we couldn't do a lot of super fun things with summer. So just trying to get out and enjoy the fall. And yeah, that's great. All right, so is there anything else you want people to know about you, Indie Cultural Trail? Anything else, ending things that you wanted to say? 
Yeah. Um, I would encourage people to, to look at our website. There's lots mm -hmm. of opportunities there. Um, <clears throat> we do have an online store. So if you want to wear your cultural trail pride on your, you know, on your shirt, we have shirts and water bottles and totes and all kinds of good stuff on there. And then follow us on social media. I'm, um, you know, I think donations are great, but we want you to know more about who we are and what we do. We want you to stay informed about some other ways that you can get involved. So yeah. that's the best way to find us. Instagram is my favorite place to post our stuff, but I also share it on Twitter and Facebook. So find us on any of those platforms. Yeah. And what are your social handles? Sorry. Oh, um, at Indie Cultural Trail okay. on Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then Instagram, it's just I in Cultural Trail. Awesome. And we'll share, we'll share that in the listing too. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for the quick conversation. Um, I know I enjoyed hearing more about what is out there in my community. And if you are not in Indianapolis listening, you probably have something similar in your city. And if you don't, maybe do something to make it happen. But if you are in Indianapolis, I mean, go walk the trail. It's beautiful. Yeah. You'll find some hidden gems for sure. Take advantage of the bike share. I mean, all, all sorts of things that are available to you um, in yes. the city. That it's a nice, a nice safe space to get outside right now, right? We're not gathering in people's houses. We're not gathering in museums. We're not gathering in theaters, but you can go outside on the cultural trail and you can see art and you can see nature and you can see your neighbors and smile and nod and just kind of have that shared experience that we're all missing. You know, it's been a year of, of being alone to a certain extent and to just share that moment of, you know, experience with somebody else yeah. on the trail is, it helps and it's, it feels good. It wonders. So, yeah. yeah. And even if you don't know that you're struggling, it does wonders to just be in front of people and or just be outside, get yeah. some sunshine and be able to breathe fresh air and, and see some, some beautiful things. So, well, yes, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and um, yep, we'll, we'll be sharing all the good stuff you're doing with this recording. So thanks again. Okay. Thank you. Yeah.